Welcome to Ben Davis Movie Show. I'm your host, Ben Davis, and I'm excited to have a conversation with you about one of my favorite things in the world, movies and Thanksgiving turkey. On today's show, we're going to be discussing a holiday classic and one that only, one of the only ones that's like a straightforward Thanksgiving movie. But before we get to that, I must introduce my guest this week, my brother-in-law, aka my Bill, Brad Tunstall. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, Ben. Happy to do this in person, finally. Not on a phone hundreds of miles away. I know, right? Thousands of miles away. Yeah. Each time we've done it, uh, yeah, Missouri to Cleveland. I don't know how far away that is. In terms of miles. like 800 miles. Yeah. It's a long ways. Uh, But let's get on to our movie. So... We're going to be talking about John Hughes' classic, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, which is celebrating its 35th anniversary in honor of Thanksgiving holiday that just passed. So, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is directed by John Hughes and stars Steve Martin, John Candy, and Leela Robbins. Uh, If you aren't familiar with Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, the plot synopsis reads like such, according to Google. Easily... Excitable Neil Page is somewhat of a control freak, trying to get home to Chicago to spend Thanksgiving with his family and his wife and kids. His flight is rerouted to a distant city in Kansas because of a freak snowstorm, and his sanity begins to fray. Worse yet, he is forced to bunk up with talkative Del Griffith, whom he finds extremely annoying. Uh, Together, they must overcome the insanity of holiday travel to reach their intended destinations. So, this is one of those movie premises that is often imitated. Looking at you, Due Date, a movie I like, by the way. Have you ever seen Due Date? Yeah. 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 That's a good one. Yeah, I I really enjoy that one a lot. But, even though this premise is often imitated, it is rarely duplicated in the same way that this movie captures it. Uh, the unlikely duo comedy has been done time and time again, just like 99% of the movies that come out. There's, what, like seven yeah. stories that can be told? But for these kinds of movies to succeed, just like with anything, it's all about execution. You know, John Hughes can take these movies with these very broad and simple premises and inject them with a ton of heart and life, which is what has kept a lot of them alive over the years. But also, I think it comes down to casting. And in this case, the brilliant casting of Steve Martin as Neil and the late, great John Candy as Dell. So, Brad, when was the first time you saw Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and how does it compare to how you feel about it now? I probably saw it in the 90s. I don't remember it much then. Uh, but then my wife Heather and I watched it again, I'd say two years ago. Mm-hmm. Thought it was much better, obviously, because spent years traveling for work, traveling for fun. I know how much of a pain in the butt it is. Um, but then ap- after you asked me to be on this podcast, I watched it last week with Heather again. And I will say that we caught a lot of things in that movie that we didn't catch the first two times around. Mm-hmm. Um, just some of the comedy. Steve Martin's incredible. John Candy's one of my favorite actors. Um, but everything with the, the travel scenes, like, it was raising our anxiety so much watching it mm-hmm. just because we've all been there. Um, I'm the type of guy that would just find a car and drive home. There's no way I'm flying to five different cities just to get back to Cleveland. But No. 
No, the movie's great. Yeah, it's like it's one of those movies where everything that can go wrong does go wrong. Yes. But it all is leading to like this ultimate payoff lesson, you know. Uh, but for me, I think the first time I, I ever heard of this movie was when I was playing the board game Seen It. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. I got that for Christmas one year, and I was playing with my family, and that scene came on. And it's the scene where De- Neil and, and Dale get trapped in like the eighteen in between the eighteen wheeler. And I don't really remember what the question was yeah. for that, but what I do remember is that really that sequence really stuck with me, especially seeing John Candy as Satan. Yeah. <laughs> um, I ended up getting the movie later on um, that year. I think it was on sale on like Black Friday or something like that. Okay. Um, so it was like almost a year year later, and it would become like a yearly tradition for me uh, for several years to try and watch this film every Thanksgiving at least I would try to because we were always traveling Mm -hmm. between my mom's family and my dad's family so it was really hard but I would always try to watch it Uh, and while I used to really you know enjoy the movie when I was younger and and I found it quite funny I think the older I've gotten the more I'm able to appreciate the emotional theme of the movie and that is you know the theme of kindness Um, and as the movie plays itself out we realize why Dell has been you know the way he is and why while he you know, says certain things that kind of tip you to the realization that his, his wife has passed. He never really says it out loud until, like, the final scene of the movie. Yeah, right. It's, like, one of the final bits of dialogue in the movie. And my, my point being is an act of kindness can go a, a long way, especially during the holiday season. You know, you never know what someone's battles are and what they're going through. Uh, someone like Dell, who on the outside is extremely talkative and, and lovably annoying in a lot of ways, uh, is going through a lot of pain and is lonely suffering in silence. And I think the way that this movie showcases how easy it is to get swept up in the madness of the holiday season and how busy everyone can get and trying to make everything as, you know, perfect as we, as, as we can, sometimes we forget the basic and most human, common things that we can be which is you know kindness compassion and and empathy and the way that this movie captures it is really excellent it's insightful and it's really thoughtful so while the jokes still land and are you know pretty funny they're pretty pretty daggone funny um i think the thing that keeps me coming back is the is those themes and the incredible and relatable performances of, of john candy as steve martin you know yeah he was great uh he I, i've talked to you about him being one of my favorite childhood actors just because i grew up on cool runnings great outdoors summer rental uh mm-hmm. this is one of those movies that i didn't really watch as a kid but i wish i did but i may not have related to it as much back then um but you're right seeing it as an older adult john candy's that really gross character yes especially in this movie it's just like <laughs> me personally i probably would have been like i'm out like but because you have Steve Martin, who is that perfect, like you can hear him snapping, but he's got this such nice, friendly demeanor yeah. in the background that you know, he just keeps coming back to John Candy and being friends with him. So. Well, it's also because the character of Dell, and you see John Candy, he's just so lovable. Yes. You know, but he, he's also he's so annoying. Very annoying. <laughs> and if you were to have cast someone else in this role, and we'll, we'll get to that later, it 
would not have worked because there's something so friendly and charming about John Candy. You just want to be his friend. And he pulls off being selling shower curtain loops. Yeah, <laughs> shower curtain I, rings. There's no way that I mean maybe in the '80s that was a real job, but <laughs> they, he's he's a was the perfect character for that show, that movie. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, the Rotten Tomatoes score for this movie currently sits at 92 percent, with a consensus being thanks to the impeccable chemistry between Steve Martin and John Candy as well as a deft mix of humor and heart, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles as hilarious, heartfelt, holiday classic. Would you agree with this score, it being 92? That's pretty high. I know there's, when I looked at the the score itself, I think there's only three negative ones, but there's only, like I think, 68 or 69 reviews, something like that, that are registered on the site. The normal is like in the 300s. Yeah, I, I like the score, but I don't really ever movies like this are usually movies that i like like this are usually in like the 50s or 60s (laughs) um but this one's fun so i I don't i would like to see a score like this when it first came out yeah like how to do in the actual box office and so it did pretty well in the box office um the big critic at the time was siskel and ebert and ebert actually wrote this and i wanted to highlight this uh roger ebert said the movies that last, the ones that you we return to, don't always have lofty themes or, you know, I can't even pronounce this word, complexities. Uh, sometimes they last because our arrows, they are arrows straight to the heart. And yeah, I butchered the quote. But point still stands that he's right. It's those simple movies like this that make... Those are the ones that I always go back to. Right. It's it's not always the ones that, you know, are yeah. super duper heavy. This movie's not super heavy. It's got heavier themes and stuff in it. But it's 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 light. You know, yeah. you don't you don't leave it feeling like, Oh man, I got a shower afterward, you know? And it's a movie you can pick up at any part in it if it's on T V and watch it and enjoy it. Yeah. Like every scene is just a different storyline that is you can laugh at well it's it's also it's it's a quick movie yeah it's like an hour and 32 minutes it's it's not like a two-hour comedy yeah as we saw watching summer rental last night john candy movies are short which is nice yeah it's it's not a long one at all but it it is it's true though it's the the simple movies that have charming characters that are excellently crafted like this one is those are the ones that you return to yep for sure and those are the ones that last um, let's get into some fun facts here. John Hughes, in an interview on the Those Aren't Pillows DVD, said he was inspired to write this film's story after an actual flight he was on from New York to Chicago. The flight was diverted to Wichita, Kansas, taking him five days to get home. That's insane. Wow. Yeah, I've thought about watching it and preparing for this. I've thought about all the different travel delays I've had. And uh, they suck, but they're getting worse and worse. Yeah. But watching this movie, it's it's crazy to think about these travel delays and him call, finding a payphone to call home and his wife just laying in bed having no idea where he is <laughs> to wake up to a call like, hey, I'm in Wichita. It's That's like, so stressful. But you didn't text me. <laughs> you know, nowadays, you know where everybody is. But yeah, I couldn't imagine back then. Just back then meaning, you know. <laughs> 
30, what was it, 20, 30 years ago? Uh, 35 years 30, ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah, 35 years ago, 1987. Um, and also, I, I joked about this, I texted with you, the fact that both the main characters in the movie are younger than me it's it's very strange because they still look really old to me but i'm yeah they're all they're both younger than me by like a year yeah you don't look like you're you're pushing no 40 yeah it's crazy yeah uh john candy and steve martin's favorite film of their own wow and i can i can see that i mean my favorite john candy's it's great outdoors yeah i think i wonder if you enjoyed working with john or dan Aykroyd though i'm guessing working with steve martin would be awesome yeah and working with john candy would be awesome so uh yeah now steve martin i i think yes this is my favorite movie of his but i also love father of the bride part one and two yeah i like cheaper brother dozen yeah yeah yeah. just because i'm a dad now i just i don't know i love that movie yeah i I, really i don't yeah most of his movies i like I, i don't know of any off the top of my head that i don't yeah I still need to start that show, Only Murders in the Building. Yes, very good. Yeah. Uh, on instruction from John Hughes, Eddie McClurg's role as the St. Louis rental car agent was partially improvised. Hughes told her to simply riff a take or a fake phone call conversation with someone about Thanksgiving plans while Steve Martin remains waiting in line starting to uh or staring at her to finish up mcclurgs came up with the idea to speak with her sister about who was going to make uh while adding uh you know i can't cook uh hughes asked her how she came up with those lines so quickly and she replied that like scripts she just drew it up in her own life or drew it up from her own life Uh, mcclurgs claims to this day that random people ask her to tell them they're fucked yeah <laughs> which is pretty funny what else is she from she looked so familiar i, I honestly I, have no idea yeah i know i've seen her she has guy. a she's one of those she's one of those uh that guy yeah you know or that girl that that probably is my favorite scene in the movie because it's when i try to relate to steve martin and figure out when i would snap and if it wasn't that the first motel scene where they have to share the bed I think at that point he was kind of like whatever it is what it is. But yeah. When he lost the rental car, that's where I would have snapped. That that's where I would have snapped. Yeah. Because he was he thought he was out. He was scot free, yeah. and then he gets there. There's no rental car. And there's a million rental cars in that parking lot. Yeah. But and the fact that he goes in and just instead of asking for another one, he's just losing his mind. It's like, yeah. Okay. The movie could have ended there, but it's not going to. No. <laughs> if it would have ended there, there'd been no been no movie. Right. The marathon uh, car rental scene is exactly one minute long from the time Steve Martin starts his tirade to the time the attendant ends the scene. In the 60 seconds, the F word is used 19 times. The film would have easily been rated PG or PG-13 by the MPAA if it weren't for this one scene. That's great. And that's, yeah, like... That's that's an insane amount of, of efforts. I think you can say, I think it's one f bomb in a PG thirteen movie. You can have a lot of violence. Yeah, it kind of, and it, it's funny watching Steve Martin say it because it just comes out of nowhere. But you, that's again, that's the snap scene. You like, don't picture yeah. him saying the f word. And you, I wonder how many takes it, it took to do that scene. 
I would have lost it. The being yeah. cursed out at like yeah. that. Like, the people in the background too. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Uh, John Hughes wrote the first day or the first draft of the screenplay in three days. His average writing time for a screenplay in those days was about three to five days with 20 some rewrites. That's pretty insane. Wow. Yeah, he could write a, a really fast script. According to editor Paul Hirsch, the original cut of the movie was three hours and 40 minutes long. He and John Hughes edited it down to two hours. This version was screen tested, and it was probably uh, used to edit trailers for the film, which is why there are a lot of deleted scenes. The movie was then edited again down to an hour and 33 minutes for a theatrical release. According to Hirsch, a two-hour version still exists, but doesn't know where it is. And isn't there like an extended cut coming out pretty soon on 4K? Yeah. Yeah. I forget how long it said it was. Yeah, but I can't imagine. This movie works best at its, its, yeah, at its runtime. And because of the character of Dale, I think he, as much as even, as much as I love John Candy, it would have, the shtick would have worn thin. Yes. Real thin in a, in a three hour and 40 minute movie. Yeah, because at some point, that's why when, when, he snaps when Neil snaps you can see it's starting to there's got to be something that gives at some point yeah and it does but it's I don't know there's a couple of movies like that back then that remind me of it like what about Bob where you know he goes through the same thing mm-hmm. finally the psychiatrist snaps and then the movie starts closing out in a good way so yeah I think especially comedies the best runtime is around that hour and a half mark for sure. Uh, there's only a, a handful of comedies that go over that that are good. Right. Um, Dylan Baker created the Owen character himself. The snorts, the facial tics, the twisted expressions, all over, all were his own making. Um, the actress who played his silent wife said it was extremely difficult to keep straight face while filming the scenes with him. And yeah, I can imagine so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would have... If 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 that were in real life and someone was acting like that, I would have had a really hard time right, yeah. not bursting out laughing. Uh, at the beginning of the movie, Neil Page races a character played by Kevin Bacon for a taxi. Later, Neil phones his wife to tell her that he has been delayed again. And in the background, you can hear the flight from She's Having a Baby, also directed by John Hughes, between Bacon and Elizabeth Elizabeth uh, McGovern when she screams that she doesn't like his uh, friend's girlfriend. Yeah, that was the fun fact I was going to share with you. Yeah. Because I think that movie, when I was reading that movie, didn't come out until February of that year, so they were forecasted, they were showing a movie before it was out. Yeah. That she was watching on TV. But yeah, Kevin, you know, I wouldn't have noticed that when I first watched this when I was a kid because no one knew who Kevin Bacon was where I did it as a kid, but this was great just seeing him mm-hmm. as, a, as a quick non-speaking actor in a movie. Well, it's funny watching Summer Rental with you last night and the Footloose references yeah, and then Kevin yeah. Bacon. And uh, yeah, and I didn't really know Footloose growing up until I was older, but it's the first thing Heather and I said when we saw this, we're like, we'll put that in that seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yep. Because 
it's he's just in everything. He's in everything. Uh, you'll like this fact: Elton John and lyricist Gary Osborne were commissioned to compose the theme song for the film. They had nearly completed writing it, and just two days before they were to record it, Paramount Pictures issued a last-minute demand that the original song master uh, become property of the studio. Elton's record company uh, would, uh, at the time, would not allow this as he was under contractual obligation to give uh, Polygram rights to all his released music, which I think was his record company at the time. Uh, Paramount and Polygram could not reach a deal and the uh, impasse, and both composers withdrew from the project. Uh, Paramount instead opted to license Paul Young's Every Time You Go Away as the, themes, uh, as the movie's main theme. Elton John's original theme song was never recorded. Wow. I would have really enjoyed hearing what yeah. he wrote for this movie. Yeah, I think he writes the music, but the lyrics are always written by that other guy, so that would be mm-hmm. cool here. Yeah, it, it would have been really, really interesting to hear what he, what what the song would have been for this movie. Uh, but every time you go away is a good choice. Yeah, I like the way it plays. At it's the end. fascinating all the little behind the scenes stories that you hear about after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was probably a big deal to land someone like Elton John, and then it just didn't happen. Didn't didn't happen. And the last fun fact we'll get to here, and this is the craziest one. John Hughes originally wanted Tom Hanks for the role of Neil Page and John Travolta for the role of Del Griffith. Hanks, (laughs) it's a quick nah from you. Uh, Hanks uh, was unavailable since he was busy shooting big at the time. And Paramount uh, executives did not want Travolta in the movie because he was considered box office poison at the time. See, I I could picture Hanks in that role because... He's got some of those same quirks where you could see him get real frazzled and like do his screaming. Yeah. But then he's a very lovable person, so he could same thing with um with Steve Martin. Yeah, with Steve Martin. So I, I think that could have worked. I would have loved to see Tom Hanks and John Candy. That would have been interesting. But I, I you can't change up who it is. I guess maybe because I like the movie so much, I just don't see anybody else. And John Travolta's awful. I can't Can't do it. No. See, I like him. I like him in specific things. Yeah, I like him in specific things. And I don't think, because, like I said earlier, with the character uh, of Dell, you need someone who has this lovability to them, just exudes it. Uh, And while, you know, John Travolta has a a certain charm and charisma to him, it is not the the same. No, and John can't. And it would come off way more annoying. Yeah. Than John Candy, way more annoying. And John Candy's mustache is unbeatable. Yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, well, he's just, he's like a teddy bear. Yeah. You know? Yep. And that, that's what makes you kind of fall in love with Dell. And I just don't think John Travolta had that in him. Not saying John Travolta's not awesome. He is. But it, not for not for this. Yeah, I agree. Not for this. But before we get to our word section, guys, we're going to take a quick break so you can hear an ad from our sponsor. And we are back. Thank you so much to our sponsors over here at Ben Davis Movie Show. We really appreciate that. But we're going to move on to our word section. We're going to start off with 
Favorite scenes and moments. Uh, number one here, I have Dell and Neil trying to get comfy in bed and the I like me monologue. So, Brett, what would you do if someone was just constantly just clearing their throat and their sinuses like that? I mean, that was the least of my worries in that entire scene. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I played sports growing up. I've traveled with, you know, teams, staying in hotels where you share, you know, four or five, six people to a room. It was never that big a deal. You kind of took your own space. But as I travel for work now, it doesn't matter how many people you go with, you always get your own room. So you get accustomed to, to having your own bed. It's not only that they're sharing a bed, a very small bed, mm-hmm. but the amount of stuff that he does in that quick what was it they went from the airport to the motel within four hours the his trunk was unpacked he had just smoking cigarettes all over the place beer bottles he used what like 45 towels yeah like, the the, <laughs> bath- the, the bathroom was destroyed he washed his socks yes oh man it was just everything you you saw it was it was like he lived there for over a month and just never picked up yeah and is the reading the book with a lighter, cracking all his joints. Juicy fruit wrappers yeah. all over the place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's it's maddening, but it's also slightly funny. And I definitely relate to Neil's just quick front well not quick, but his just explosion. Yeah. Uh it, it's hysterical, but at the same time I think he he goes too far with the insults. Yep. And then finally Neil breaks him down with that wonderfully constructed monologue of, oh, you know, I like me. And I think it, it's it's some brilliant writing. And I, I love how Dell, even though everything I, I agree with everything Neil is saying, the way he went about it was just, it was so wrong. And then the way that Dell just, he takes the moral high ground and doesn't hurl insults at him or anything yeah. like that. He's like, you know what, I like me. I'm not perfect, but... You're well, that, not so great either. That's why I think Steve Martin does a great job because he can, you can tell he's getting angry, but he's still a lovable guy. You yeah. can tell he's actually feels bad about it. Yeah. So he's being the jerk, but then he, you can see that he goes, you know, realizes that he went too far. Yeah. Well, I have another question for you. The beer cans exploding on the bed because of the vibrating bed. Yeah. Is that even possible? No. No. Sad on it. Well. Yeah. I mean, they were in his. I'm assuming they were in his trunk the whole time, and they're being shaken up. But they have to have some mechanism to make them burst, and I don't know what it was. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. But again, why? I, I always ask myself, and I, I shouldn't because it's movies, but we all do it. I'm watching it, going, why is he not just sleeping on the floor? Yeah. Like, like why are you sharing a bed? Why aren't you? And you're sleeping on, on the wet side. Yeah. Why aren't you? <laughs> I would have made him there's, sleep on the wet there's side. There's so many things that just aren't working. <laughs> just stay in the airport but then again you don't have a movie but uh, yeah. that was that was my favorite scene but yet the most awkward scene in the entire movie yeah and then next one I have up here is those aren't those aren't two pillows which is the next morning when they wake up yeah. and I think it's the ear kisses that get me every time the snuggles and yeah. then like the ear kisses and they're both like into it but then they realize but they don't <laughs> jump up screaming they're just like what does uh, C. Martin say he's like why are you holding me he's like why are you kissing my ear he's like why are you holding my hand yeah (laughs) he's like 
Where's your other hand? Yes. It's between just, two pillows. They're calmly talking to each other. They're not, <laughs> they're not freaking out. Those aren't two pillows. And then he gets up, freaks out, and they say, see the bear game last week? Yeah. Yeah. Gonna have a good season. <laughs> Which is part of John Candy's character's great because he's not he's not a psychopath. He's not. No. He's not. You don't get the vibe that he's going to try to murder you. No. Or do anything. He just. He, he Never just, met a stranger. Right. Yeah. He doesn't know how to act. He has no social, like, he has no way to interact with anybody. Yeah. He's so ex- extroverted as Which opposed he, to. He does that little monologue to himself at the when he's sitting in the car. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have that as a scene, but oh, yeah. you could hear him talking to himself about, like, you don't know, you screwed this up again. Like, yeah. you drive these people away, so. It's a thing for him to overcome. Uh, the ride with Gus's son, Owen. So, everything about this character is hilarious and so weird. And it's yeah. perfectly captured by Dylan Baker. The facial tics, the spitting, the line delivery, it's just perfect. Yeah, that was another good one. Um, the F word tirade. Yeah. So we already talked about this a little bit earlier, but has the F word or the, the word fuck has it ever been better used in any movie than this one? No, I just think of like maybe super bad, but at the same time, those are a bunch of punk kids saying it. The reason yeah. why it was so perfect in this is because he didn't completely go into a meltdown until that scene. Yeah. And watching Steve Martin drop the F-bomb is very strange still. It's weird. Yeah. It's like watching, watching your dad drop the F-bomb. Right. It's just, that doesn't feel natural. Yep. You know, like, it, it, it's wrong. Um, and the way he over-enunciates the word is great. Yeah. It's he, it's an emphatic yes. at the end of it, you know? Um, yeah. It, it, it's great. I, I can think of, like, better like movies that use the f word a lot like obviously uh wolf of wall street yeah um i'm forgetting the name of it but it's the martin the departed's great but not the not the departed i'm slipping on the name joe pesci ray liotta oh like goodfellas goodfellas thank you wow wow that's a bad one i slipped on that one i apologize to all my, my movie my movie people but yeah that 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 uses the F word quite a lot and really good but I think just a single scene this is this is by far the best I would love to be in the theater when this movie came out because obviously you don't you're not seeing it that's one of those scenes in a theater where everybody's watching mm-hmm. and when he goes into that tirade I guarantee that movie just or that theater just erupted yeah after. absolutely uh, Neil speaking after getting picked up by his balls oh yeah so Every t- I watch this movie once a year. It's not one I go through like periodically, like Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or like you know Man of Steel or something like that, where I'm watching it. You know, like every three months or so. Yeah. I always forget about this, and this might be the hardest that I ever laugh in this movie. Is just the way that he speaks never ceases to to amaze me because they don't make it like jokey, like yeah. it's some high pitched voice, but it's high enough to where you can tell there's a difference. Yeah, you can tell he got hurt. Yeah, and it, it never fails to make yeah. me laugh. Um, Dale calls out Neil for playing with his junk a lot. I don't know if I remember that. Yeah, they're in the car, and he says Larry Bird doesn't uh, do as much ball handling oh, yeah, in one night right, as you yeah. do in an that's hour. Right. Yeah. 
And and then he's like, you know what would make me happy? And then John Candy goes, a couple balls and an extra set of fingers. <laughs> and, yeah, that's all the stuff I didn't pick up as a kid, which is a lot more, it's funny now. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, we all have that guy friend who plays with their junk too much. Yeah. Don't be that friend. Yeah. Don't be that guy. Uh, Dale dancing to mess around. So my favorite thing to do on road trips is when you get to that slap happy phase yep. and you, you just, your favorite song comes on and you're just grooving to it and it hits you perfectly. And this perfectly captures that yep. John Candy, just being all happy, dancing around, doing the piano on the dashboard. Yeah. I'm really glad that they got, that they did that scene of the actual driving. Um, and I know it's in the, the movie title, but there's something about road trips that, and that, that, I've driven between St. What was it? St. Louis to Chicago. Yeah, it's not a bad drive. It's like three no, hours. but for it's... some reason they make it seem like they've been in the car for days, which mm-hmm. they haven't. But it seems like they have been because they've been traveling so long. But yeah, that, that scene was great. Yeah, St. Louis to Chicago is only like a three-hour or a little over. It's not. It's not too bad. It's. It's a. I think it might be closer to seven, but it's 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 not that bad. It's not that bad. Yeah. I have to look that up. I'm looking it up now, but because uh, I've done that drive before, yeah, it's not bad. Um, going the wrong way on the highway. So this is a nightmare for me and a weird anxiety. I have so, it, like any time I drive somewhere that I don't know, or like on a downtown area or or a highway. But this sequence perfectly captures the hilarity of the situation like that. You know, I laugh so hard. Uh, at the steering wheel being bent and Nail's fingers being stuck in yep. the dash. Uh, the top will all off. The cigarette lights the car on fire, which I have questions about later. Which we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to. And the fact that the, John Candy does a great job like acting like the other guy's drunk. Yeah. Like, it's not his He's fault. Like, it's uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're drunk, not me. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, and I've seen Steve Martin do this in other movies, doesn't he start like yelling, but he can't get any words out? It, he's like yeah. panting. He's like, fuh, fuh, fuh. Yeah. yeah. I think I feel like he's done that before. That's a Steve Martin thing. Yeah. Um. Let's see, Dell sitting out in his car, talking to his his wife. Um. Oh yeah, with no roof. Yeah. No roof on the car. No roof snowing. on the car, and the snow is falling. And the car somehow still works. Yeah. <laughs> and you have that like. 80 cent score yep uh john candy man that that guy can just he can make you feel you know you really feel for him and his need and want to relate to people and and not feel so lonely but he because of his need and want to have some form of connection he's he's being so over the top he's pushing people away right um so it's it's a really touching sequence um Neil realizing what's going on with Dell and then the confronting him. Um, this might be the best scene in the movie to me. It's those quiet and intimate moments that you can, you can really reflect and, and see past the noise and what's really going on. You know, not a word is said by Steve Barton here, but he delivers what I think is probably the finest performance of his career in this, in this moment. And the next scene really captures the theme of the movie too, of, of kindness. When we see Neil confront Dell, you know, 
and, and what he does next, inviting him to Thanksgiving, is, is really what the, the movie all is all about. You know, it's yeah, he comes, comes back for him. Yeah. He, he was, again, it was another one of those, like, this is, he's got his out finally to mm-hmm. get away and remove himself. And I, I tried to think, put myself in that situation, what I would have done. Like, you want to be nice, and then you, you somehow cut ties in that relationship. Mm-hmm. But he went back, and I think that, that took a lot, which, you know, made the movie. Absolutely. <clears throat> Did you ever look up the uh, the time for the drive? Four hours and 30 minutes. <sighs> yeah. Right in between. Yeah. We're close. Um, so, out of all these sequences, what is, what is your favorite? I'd say it's a tie between the F-bomb scene and, I don't know, now that you say it, the, the car, when they're in the car and it spins around a million times yeah <laughs> it's like what did you see that i yeah. um i don't know I, I i think the most awkward scene is the first motel scene because it sets the stage for the mm-hmm. whole movie and it, so that's probably my favorite yeah i think for me it's it's a close it's a close race i think the funniest scene in the movie is is definitely the f-bomb tirade yeah um it's definitely the most iconic but i think my favorite is Neil realizing what's going on and then going to go get him. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, from a sentimental standpoint, too. Yeah. Worst scenes and moments. So this movie's pretty pretty tight. There's no glaring errors yeah. in the movie, I don't think. Errors in the movie. Um, but I do I do have one. It's a, it's a nitpick. It's Dell stealing the, the cab at the beginning. Oh, okay. Uh, it's just a little ridiculous how quickly he does it and, and, and no one notices, right. You know, to its credit though, it does capture how hectic holiday travel is, but it still, it, it always annoyed me. Like yep. had they not noticed this guy with this giant chest in case, yeah. case not yep. just standing right there loading it in the back of their cab. Yeah, you're right. There isn't many scenes in the movie that you can nitpick too much, and that's probably the only one I can think of. Um, I also that the first scene in the movie where he's sitting in the the conference room at mm-hmm. work, and he's just waiting for the guy. Like as an adult in a career, I guess maybe it was different back then, but just get your ass up and say, "I have to go and catch a flight <laughs> now. I'm leaving." Yeah, but they didn't do that, so no. Um. But yeah, that that that's mine. Um, Why are people always traveling in movies like right before a holiday? <laughs> I don't know. These businesses they like to they like to get it done right yeah. at the deadline. Like Elf, think about it. like that's another one where they're meeting on Christmas Eve, and I guess that's part of the premise. But yeah, which is always right on the holidays. It's got to be on the holidays, man. Yeah, because work and holiday movies. Work is the enemy of holiday movies. It seems like. I guess we're too we're too young and. We don't know the real work. Yeah. <laughs> um, best performance who you got? Best performance? Yeah. Dell, John Candy. Yeah, same. He just, I think in the wrong actor's hand, hands, this becomes a character that you hate. Yeah. But because he's so... Like a lo- cringeworthy guy. And he was yeah. cringeworthy, but in a good way, and you still wanted to like him. Yeah. And it's that lovability that John Candy has. Yep. He's just a giant teddy bear, you know? Uh, does this make sense? So I have three things. Uh, Dell tells Neil they have to get a ride back or ride in the back of the red semi truck he found for a, a ride because the 
the driver doesn't allow passengers in the cab with him, yet Dell was just riding in it when they pulled up. That makes no sense. Yeah. First thing I thought about. Yeah. Why is he in the front seat then? Yeah. I thought maybe the way they could have spun that is they could have he could have said, I'm the only one who's allowed to ride up here, you have to ride in the back. Yeah. It would have been pretty funny, but didn't do it that way. I think they just wanted to make him cold there yep. at the end. Um, why does Neil put his wallet in the glove compartment? I don't know. I think it's a... Th- I take my wallet out when I get in the car. But I don't know why the the glove compartment doesn't make sense. Yeah. I always keep my wallet, like, in my... In my in, it's usually in the front unless the yeah, phone's there. Yeah, in the front. Yeah. Um, I, I used to have the bad habit of sitting on my wallet. Yeah. Which is really bad for your lower back. That's probably why I pulled it out. But, yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah. that was a thing. Yeah. Um, why does it take so long for the car to catch fire, and why is there no smoke? They keep saying like the car's hot, but like just turn on the AC if that's the case. Like, and it's from the cigarette, right? Yeah. But it's a leather back seat. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how that's possible. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's I, not. It's most likely physically impossible for that to catch on fire. But yeah, I, I, that never made any sense to me. Yeah. Um. But yeah. I, I think I can't really make any of these things make sense. I mean, maybe the glove compartment thing, but it just seems so out of left field. Like, oh, I'm going to put my wallet yeah, in the glove right. compartment. They're probably fine. I'm just trying to figure out a way to make it even worse. But I do, it, it adds that really funny scene where he pulls out his credit card to pay for the room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like a, a melted. Yeah. But that's, that's where he starts losing his mind where he's like, no sane person would offer that. Yeah. But he's just, whatever. He's like, here, take this. It's, I know he, it's not going to work. He's but. had the road trip from hell. Yeah. Um, out of all these sequences, which one is the thing that makes the least amount of sense to you? Um, I would say that the car lighting on fire. Yep. They needed to find a better way to cause that havoc. And I like the idea of Dell causing it because he, causes all that stuff yeah. i just wish they would have found a better way to do it yeah. and why do how do people sleep that soundly in a car when someone else is singing and dancing and swerving i i can't do it i i don't unless you're really really out um i i have been told i am a incredibly hard sleeper okay. well then it's you then <laughs> yeah so that that might be the person um mvp of the movie I'd say, well, can I do them together? Yeah, because that's that's mine. Okay, Steve yeah, Martin, Steve Martin, and John Candy with them together. Yeah, com- completely agree. Yeah, and they played perfect off of each other. They play perfectly off of each other, and I think movies like this, it, it, it really relies heavily on casting. Because if you if you mess this up, then you, you can mess up the entire movie. You know, I, you have to really. It, yeah, it would get cheesy if it was other people. Yeah. Or like slapstick comedy that just doesn't work here. Yeah. These are two really relatable comedic uh, comedic actors. Yep. That win you over with their charm and their everyman quality. And I think that's part of why this movie works so well. Right. Um, At the end of the day, though, Brad, why would you recommend this movie? Well, I think you said at the beginning it is really the only thanksgiving movie i can think of right i can't there's other movies with thanksgiving in it yeah but none of them are centered around thanksgiving it's always the if it's a holiday movie it's always the christmas rush 
it's never the Thanksgiving rush. And it seems more and more people are going from Halloween to Christmas and Thanksgiving is kind of like the, the, the tease or the appetizer for, for Christmas. Right. And it's, there's so many Christmas movies to watch. This is nice because it's leading up to it. Um, Yeah. The other reason too, even if you're like younger now, and this seems like an ancient movie to you, it's fun watching how life was different. And I don't want to say it, it was probably harder in a way when you can't have those open lines of communication. Yeah. So not only just calling his wife to let her know, but they couldn't book a hotel room on, you know, Expedia or, you know, the internet, they had to call all these places and try to figure out where to stay. And it's just mm-hmm. funny to think about how that was a normal thing. Travel was so much. Yeah. More couldn't, you could different. Uber. Yeah. It's, yeah. And this was only 35 years ago. It yeah. wasn't really that long ago. Um, yeah, and the, I think those are some reasons to watch it. The other thing, too, is just stay at the airport. Like, just, <laughs> just stay at the airport. Watch it and take advice that just don't travel to a far-off motel. Just stay at the airport. It's It'll be eight hours before you know it. Yeah. yeah. People sleep at the airport all the time. I, I think for me, the, the thing I always – the reason I, I think I would recommend this movie, similar to what I said at the beginning, is – this movie is all about the simple act of kindness, you know, and and not just, especially during a holiday season, it's easy to get lost in the madness and, you know, forget about others around you and what other people are going through. And I think this movie shows that you should show com- compassion and hear people out because there's always a, a deeper reason for why people act the way that they do, especially during the holiday seasons. Um, and I, I just think that this movie, aside from its comedy, which is still really funny and really relatable, it's got a really sweet message yeah. that is, you know, hard to capture. And you get, you get a lot of that throughout the movie too. Like I know when the train broke down, which again, I forgot about the train breaking down. Yep. Um, but he sees Dell carrying the case, mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to help him. But then you see his inner monologue go, and then he just goes up and helps him carry it. Yep. Um, Dell providing him with places to stay and cars and rides, and it's just yeah, it's kind of throughout the movie. Saving him from the guy that just kicked his ass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's it, this is a a really good movie, and if you're I know we're a little late to the holiday, but if you're celebrating Thanksgiving, this is always, it puts me right in the mood for Thanksgiving. It really does. But that is it for this installment of Ben Davis Movie Show. Brad, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a blast, especially to do this in person. It's yeah. very rare I actually get to do this with another person in person, you know? Yeah. We should do that more often. Absolutely. Um, I'll be back sooner rather than later, uh, as there is a sequel to a movie that's coming out that I I really care a lot about and we're going to be discussing that first one pretty soon and I'm looking forward to it Uh, but until then be sure to hit that subscribe button leave a comment, rate us and while you're at it give me a follow over on Instagram and TikTok at Ben Davis Movie Show to stay up to date with my thoughts and opinions on the newest movies TV shows, you name it anyways, until next time stay classy (laughs) 